So, Sedge, what is HR and why is it important for small business owners? So, um, HR. So, what is HR? HR is the people side of a business. It is your, as it's in the title, human resources, is the people of your business. So, why is it important to small businesses? I think it's important to every business, no matter what size. If you employ staff, you need some kind of HR presence there. So whether it be someone in there full time, depending on the size of business, or whether you need someone who you can call or contact at any time and just ask those questions, get that bit of information that you need. Um, it's probably, I would say, having the HR there will save you time and money, mm. um, more the money side in the longer run, um, and make sure your business is going in the kind of the right the right way yeah and so sort of talking about money because that's probably a lot of the reasons why um, a small business owner wouldn't necessarily you know come to a hr consultant or even think about hr generally because they think you know how is this going to affect my profitability um so what impact can hr have on profitability of a small business so I think, you know, again, like a lot of HR consultants work in different ways, um, you know, and it can be something because we're just getting some standard documents and bits and pieces to actually having someone that's there for you more often. And, you know, I think the impact that it actually has is that you have that right support. And when you have that right support, having people have business plans, and in a business plan I always think you if you employ staff or even if you don't and you want to be at that stage at one point you need a people strategy in there mm -hmm. and by having that people strategy if you have a people strategy in there you're growing your business you will grow your 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 employees will help you then grow your business at the same time so it's it, I think it works together yeah yeah definitely so yeah we always say you know what you're trying to build as a business owner is you build the business or you and then as a business owner you look after the people and then yep. the people look after your customers and yep. the customers look after the business and you know it's just that nice cycle that that goes around right yep and i think if if you ask a lot of small businesses what's their people strategy and these are people that employ staff they'll look at you blankly yeah. because they just think if they've got the staff in and they've got employees why do they, what, what more do they need? But it's yeah. that keeping them trained or keeping them happy, having their well-being. you know, a big thing at the moment for small mm -hmm. organisations. It's, it's, it's been in the larger organisations for a while, but since COVID, it's become more apparent in the smaller organisations about employee well-being. And that is a big thing at the moment. And, yeah. you know, and that's key as well. So what are the main sort of tenets of a people strategy? Like, so you mentioned well-being, training. Uh, yeah. What else would be in there? Uh, even just, well, making sure documents, HR documents, policies, keeping those kind of bits and pieces updated. Because I think often with any any kind of what people see as admin side of it or bits and pieces, what happens is, you know, someone will get a policy, they'll get it created when they start. And actually these things go out of date pretty quickly and you know having that HR support there will if something's happened in the employment world 
they will keep you updated so that those policies can be updated so people know what's right, you know. And with people strategy, I'd say, you know, yes, you've got the well-being side, you've got the um, training side, but it's about how you want to grow. So if you want more staff, you know, how what will that look like? You know, if you're going to grow and you can have more staff, what does an induction programme look like? Or what does the recruitment campaign look like? There's so many aspects to it. Um, that I think that people think, oh, I've employed someone or I've employed a team, that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people's um, employees' um, needs change. So it's about, okay, what should we do? You know, should we, do we, we were just really small at the beginning. You know, we offered people their salary and they were happy with it. A couple of years down the line to retain those staff, you know, what benefits should you offer? You know, should you be offering benefits? And some companies see it as like, well, I'm small, I can't afford to, you know, give them benefits. But there's so many free benefits out there or there's so many benefits that you can get that do not cost the employer the money that actually people don't think about. And it'll keep staff there and that's what you want. You want to retain your staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. And, you know, a lot of small business owners would agree with the statement that um, their people are going to grow their business for them and that people yeah. are important. So then why do you think they underinvest so much in their people um even before they even arrive so like you said you know the recruitment and onboarding process right that sort yeah. of happens before somebody's actually become a fully fledged team member um yeah. but it's just like it's not something people tend to really invest time in so why, why do you think that is i think for smaller businesses mm. i think it becomes a tick box exercise and they just they're so busy they don't think about it and it's just another thing to do and a lot of it is learning so as you know most people that come go are business owners may have not done this in their previous lives you know may have not you know they may have actually started their business from a young age they may not have that experience of working in a large organization where they've gone through that experience so I tend to find that clients who have worked in a corporate world and then gone off to make their own business tend to come to me and say I want this and this and this because they've seen it and they had a good experience but those that kind of start off of their own business at a younger age and never had that corporate experience or if they've always worked in a smaller organization Mm. just see it as well I never had it so I don't really need to offer it yeah I mean 100 percent right I was in that camp I've sort of worked for myself since I was like early 20s basically um so I didn't really have any you know professional experience to call upon so these are definitely all things that I sort of had to learn the uh, the hard way <laughs> um so I'm definitely not speaking from like some sort of ivory tower but it's definitely something that's worth investing time in um yeah. and you know it, it pays huge dividends so what are some of the HR horror stories that you've heard over the years I'm sure you must have a bag <laughs> oh I've got plenty of those um I'll give you one, I'll give you one quick one, which was, I came across a client a couple of years ago, came to me for something completely different. They wanted to do a redundancy process. And I thought, okay, simple, you know, let's have a conversation. Happy to do this. This was during COVID. I said, okay, you know, let's have a conversation. And usually to me is when a client that I've never spoken to comes to me with something, I always say to them, can you send me the employee's terms and conditions? And um, 
He went, oh, they don't have any. <laughs> okay. How long have you been running for? Over 20 years. Okay. <laughs> How many staff do you have? About five members of staff. Okay. So, um, okay, let's take it back a little step. And, you know, and, and to me, that was, that was horror in my eyes. Mm. And it is, it's, it's a legal requirement. And a lot of organizations do not realize that as soon as you employ that one member of staff, it's legal requirement to provide terms and conditions by day one of employment and people fall off that one and they do not do it. And you have to provide those written statements. And what are the sort of repercussions of that? Like what could happen? Well, I think people under the impression is that if you don't, provide written you know written terms and conditions that the employers not by like they're not like you, they can just do anything they want basically yeah, right basically, yeah. yeah yeah and actually you know as soon as you've offered someone a verbal contract that's already your contract there and then actually I always say having it in writing you know what is right and so there's the other party mm. And it's actually quite a clear process. When you don't, it becomes a grey line. He said, and, she said. Yep. And actually, you end up with more of a mess. And it's always like, no, just put it put it in writing, you know, and, and actually, you know. And, and also, when people are like, oh, well, you know, you know, how do they know? You know, I can say they don't work for me. You know, I can just deny it. <laughs> I've had that. I've had that. I guess someone say to me once, ring me up and went, I'll just deny they never worked for me. And I went, see what, just like go and sort of wipe all the CCTV hard drive <laughs> of just like last 10 years of this person, just remove all existence. I actually, one person actually said to me, I'll just, I'll just say they never worked for me. And I went, no, you can't do that. But yeah, we can. We can just say they never worked for me. I'll go, do you pay them? Yeah. Do you pay them monthly? Yep. There you go then. <laughs> there you go that that's it you know uh we did have one other the, the same person say to me can we just backdate this instead then just say this was issued to them and I'm like no I'm not being involved and some things I have to actually say I'm not being involved in because mm, yeah 100% <laughs> so like what are the most common issues that clients come to you to solve um I usually get stuff I know it's like a, it's one of those where, you know, people will not come to, a lot of people will not come for HR help unless they feel like there's a problem. Whereas I always say people will go and find their accountant as soon as they kind of set up. So my new line is, you know, if you can find yourself an accountant, as soon as you find yourself employing someone, you know, you don't have to pay someone thousands of pounds to set up a HR department, anything like that, but have a HR consultant who you can rely on, who you can go and talk to, just to get that help um and so yeah I would say you know get get that foundation through what was your question completely went wrong no so just like what are some of the common issues that clients common issues oh the common issues go from the day-to-day of absence issues Mm -hmm. people not turning up lateness um redundancies um people not following processes but they don't have processes so they're kind of it's this thing of they're not doing this but they used to do this and it's just like okay so you know kind of those are the kind of common bits that come up or people tend to be in touch if they want to get rid of someone it's usually I sometimes get calls and say I've just got rid of them I've just told them to leave 
like, no, 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 no. You didn't tell him. I've just sacked him is the usual line. And I'm like, yeah. no, you didn't sack them because you're not allowed to do that. So what did you actually do? <laughs> <laughs> so is it always just essentially like a miscommunication and sometimes the relationships just got so strained that they need to pull you in to like mediate? Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes I do get other bits and pieces. Don't get me wrong. You know, I help clients with recruitment. I yeah. help them with, I've got a client who has about 40 50 staff and they're doing a whole exercise on are they paying people correctly and you know within the market rate so you know it varies you know people call me in to do a bit of training for them to, you know for their managers if they've got a team of managers and stuff like that but the common things that tend to come out is usually the problem stuff yeah. which is you know so and so's done wrong what do we need to do or so and so's not turned up um, what can we do is the kind of stuff that comes up um, you know and and it's just like okay yeah yeah and uh, you know a lot of the stuff could have been prevented if they had you know a people plan or package in the first place right so yeah. sort of kind of treating it prevention over cure is always like the best way to go yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely so obviously we talked about the negatives let's go into some of your favorite client stories like or or one of them favorite client stories oh so I've got a client who when I started working with them were um quite not they they had they had a good they had they had processes they had HR policies they had the terms and conditions which was brilliant um but everything else had kind of stopped there so they'd kind of and now this is what I spoke about earlier people putting things in place and then not updating it, not seeing it as importance and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, they they quite big, you know, quite big as in they, they employ about 40, 50 staff. So, you know, that's one of my larger clients, I would say. And but they were doing everything manually. So I have helped what is in pen and paper? Pen and well, pen and paper slash, you know, like if to book in a book book leave was one of the well, one of the bits which I could not understand, you know. So they would fill out this form. It will go to their line manager to then approve. Then it will go to the office manager to go be put on a a, a, a um, calendar in the office. I can actually <laughs> like physical on the walls a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> We're only talking about this is only going back um, about eighteen months ago, so not like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and it I was. I mean, I think they probably used to do that stuff when you were born, right? It's just like there's just. <laughs> I was just like okay okay and, and I was just like okay and, and like you know they had paper files for everyone and wow. you know, in a in a in a in a filing cabinet and um so it was like right okay and, and their recruitment and they did quite a lot of recruitment but they did blind recruitment and if, I, if anyone that doesn't know what blind recruitment is is CVs or applications would come in and before it gets to the manager the name um the name and any characteristics would be taken out of there so that no discrimination can be made from from the manager's side of it Mm -hmm. and um and they used to have a person who used to sit there and actually delete the person's name from each application form save the documents then send it on to the manager wow um so yeah and in the last 18 months did they have like any computers in this building (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was all, some of it was on computer, like, you know, on yeah. computer, but still, you know, deleting, you know, 
each name and yeah. if you're having hundred I'm, I'm just like picturing just like a bunch of typewriters and some like an <laughs> abacus somebody just like <laughs> well you know it's kind of like that but with a bit of computer there um you know and um literally i've got to say i feel like it's been a success you know we've implemented a hr system mm. which again people think hr systems they think they have to have you know hundreds of people working for them no you can you can have a hr system for a couple of people you know you can have a hr system where you book holidays mm. on a system where you keep people's information on a system where you can keep people's documents or gdpr compliant on a system not in a cupboard or in someone's house is what I tend to find a lot of my clients that are the smaller clients seem to have their employees information in their house um and uh yes yeah, so it's you know and we've implemented that and it's been a big success mm-hmm. we've implemented an ATS which is a um, application tracking system and um they now use that and it's all done via a system and um now they are a lot more ahead of the yeah, times a lot and more efficient right it sounds like you know time wise resource wise they're in a lot better place definitely you know i think the managers the office manager it, you know really really appreciated not having to do anyone's leave or you know to do lots of other bits and pieces and all the managers are like they can tell when their team are off and it's all in front of them and it's a nice bit of and and that was to me that was a good success you know it was yeah, you know that i have lots of other success stories of but it's more to do is you know getting people out of messes and mm-hmm. as much as they are success you know they they're usually you know quite complicated and trying to yeah. get them out of messes are a lot harder as this is a nice you know going and seeing yeah a clean process yeah so in terms of, you know, a couple of actionable steps that people can, like a small business owner. So let's say somebody employing four to 10 staff members or three to 10 staff members, what's something that's really actionable that you've seen um, could help everybody in that sort of range? Yeah. So first thing I would say is make sure that you have terms and conditions for all your staff. Mm. One employee, terms and conditions required. You are legally also required to have four HR documentation policies, which is a disciplinary slash dismissal policy, a grievance policy, health and safety policy, and data protection. So first things first, make sure they're in place. You know, that, that's a, a key. Um, another thing is as soon as you employ one member of staff, and a lot of small employ- employers forget this, um, is employee liability insurance think about that yeah um and again if you employ one or more members of staff a pension scheme you are required by law now to have one so you know ensure that um but anything to take away i would say is if you have those already in place Mm -hmm. is to see a check them and see if they're updated up to date And if they're not, ask someone to have a look to just double check that they are up to date and familiarize yourself with a few of the key points. Or if someone says something to you, don't react when someone, an employee asks you a question. It's okay to say, let me come back to you. I think it's really key not to just react to something. Read what is written. If you've got these policies, I know they're lengthy and I know they're boring. 
but read them. If you don't understand them, whoever helped you produce them, get that information because that is really, really key. People don't realise they get these policies produced by HR people. They get them off the internet. They never read them. And then they don't realise what is actually, what they've agreed and what's in there. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've definitely given uh, everybody listening some actionable steps. I'm sure everyone can find something in those you know, four or five sort of action tasks that you've given. So, Serge, it's been a pleasure. Thank Uh, you. Thank you for your time. So where can people find out more about you and Speak to HR? Yep. So um, you can follow me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, So on LinkedIn, there is a Speak to HR page and so is there one on Facebook. Or you can follow me directly at Cedral Courier. And um, there is a website as well. So speak to www.speaktohr.co.uk. All right, brilliant. Serge, thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.